0: We are Michael Veazey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Jason is in the middle of managing a five-day challenge for e-commerce sellers right now, and he's got 400 participants. In this episode, we're going to find out how it's going, some of the behind-the-scenes lessons he's learned, and even huge mistakes as well, and how he's recovering from them. So <laughs> I think anyone who's wanting to develop the Amazon business may be interested in the content of the, the challenge, but also anyone who's thinking of running a live event, whether you're selling products or training, and we've talked quite a lot about that as a sort of stream of income that a lot of people ignore, should be ready to learn plenty from Jason's experiences this week. Sounds like good and bad, Jason. So are you ready
1: to reveal all here? <laughs> I'm ready to reveal all. It has been good and bad. I mean, there's always lessons learned anytime you do any, you know, real marketing work in the in the real world of competitive, you know, communications and and put stuff out there for people, and you learn what works and what doesn't work, and get feedback. So yeah, we're right in the middle of it. We uh, we have 400 people who are happily participating in a group. It's been fantastic. Um, really, very high energy. And people are ready to learn. They're showing up. We have daily challenges. It's a five day challenge. And so there's some interest in, in that element of the duration of it. And we, we've got a, we've got a nice set of bonuses and people are really pumped t- to be a part of it. And we we've got a lot of pricing decisions we made, content decisions we made. And so I think there's a, a, a conversation here to be had about sort of w- what we've learned in it, what's happening and what other people can take away if they want to do a, a challenge type event or virtual online event for their communities or for their customers. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it seems quite uh, a growing trend to do it. I noticed that you did a 30-day challenge recently, but the first question is the obvious one, which is what are you actually teaching about or what's being taught at this? Mm -hmm. And are you doing the teaching? So the two questions.
1: Yeah, I'm not doing the teaching. So I'm sort of just the -the behind-the-scenes coordinator. I was a bit of the host in the first kickoff session, but Kyle and I are serving in that role, primarily my business partner on our e-commerce consulting and coaching work. The topic of the challenge is called the Replens Challenge. It's really done. We're doing these in support of our software that we we have. We we have a software app that's uh, called Legendary Sourcing App. We're rebranding it, but it's it's basically the best, highest rated uh, sourcing app or scanning app in the iOS app store and highest reviewed. And it works really well for people who do a retail arbitrage. So you walk into a store you scan items and you see what they sell for on Amazon. And you can really geek out over a lot of data points and figure out whether you should purchase those items for reselling on Amazon. So that's really the uh, the gist of it. That's the community it's for. And then the phrase replens is this concept that our uh, our business partner, Danny Stock came up with, where you look for replenishable items, not just one-off clearance sales that you can never find again type thing, but you look for items that you can Literally, go back every you know week and buy more of, and just continuously buy them, send them into Amazon, buy them, send them into Amazon. So that whole replenishable strategy is sort of the cornerstone of his teaching. Yes. Yeah, so it's a it's a fun topic. Arb- arbitragers are never it's never something I've done full time or anything like that. Obviously, I know the system and I've done it, but when we bought the software from Danny, we bought with it this community of people who are obviously in this business model. And so we've rallied around it and we love it. It's actually really, really fun to serve them as a group, to learn how they do their thing and what excites them. And Danny's, in a lot of ways, sort of their you know, chief mentor. And he wouldn't call himself a guru, but he's really pil- pioneered a lot of the content. So yeah, so that's kind of the gist of the the
0: topic. Interesting. So uh, a couple of things that strike me, just first of all, retail arbitrage, one of the big things about it is obviously... Uh, it's hard to build momentum when you go mm-hmm. <laughs> when you the place you you built your wealth from changes mm-hmm. all the time and so that i like that danny's kind of dealing with that sort of achilles heel or one of the achilles heels of, of that whole business model and it's interesting to me that actually a lot of more sophisticated people are actually involved in arbitrage than i'd given it credit for i know you and i've had conversations mm-hmm. on the back of that yeah but what interests me is the sort of meta learning um sort of about the vents, that you're hosting an event for something which, you know, as you've said, and I know that you don't really have a much of a background in, but you're mm-hmm. doing it via yeah. other people. And you've also, another thing, you've bought a, a company and sort of leveraging the community that's attached to that. I, I that's right. Me. So tell, us, mm-hmm. tell me a bit about that sort of strategy because that sounds quite an advanced strategy in some way.
1: Well, there's two parts, I suppose. Doing events where you have expert presenters is one bit, you know, and and you're right. This is, this is con- This is a content-rich event, actually. That was part of our... Sort of mistakes, I think, in sort of the positioning and marketing. But let me just mention kind of the the instructional content. We have people who are seven figure sellers, annualized, you know, revenues through retail arbitrage, teaching specifically what they do. Kate Chaddock has a presentation she'll do. Actually, hers is up tomorrow. Uh, called Secrets of a Seven Figure Replen Seller. We had J.R. Cagle, who spoke yesterday morning, all about sourcing a stores, which are very popular stores in the US and seven figure seller. And he breaks down exactly what he does, the six steps that he uses to source a target, the pros and cons, rules, issues, you know, the whole thing. And uh, so the, so I love that stuff. I was a university marketer for four years prior to going full time in e commerce, you know, with my wife. So I'm comfortable marketing. Other people's expertise, and so this kind of feels like that a little bit. Uh, they don't have PhDs, but they're certainly u- experts. They have they have PhDs in the school of hard knocks, and so I love that element of. It. And oh, and the software company, yeah, you, that was your second question. Yeah, we bought we bought a software company that had an email list associated with it and a community of users, and we did it intentionally because for us, it is in essence, if you think of our product and customer funnel, I suppose you could say. This is more top of the funnel for us. We we built our business on one-on-one conversations with six and seven figure, you know, e-commerce sellers. And a lot of people who are in arbitrage are new. They're just, they're just starting out. They would never be coaching Clients with us, and we knew that. And so, you know, we're constructing our own business. Kyle and I are with our own funnel, with our own community of of customers that go from entry level buyers who are comfortable spending five dollars to learn something, all the way up to people who are, you know, uh, spending a lot of money with us. And so, this fits into that really, really nicely.
0: Yeah, I like that. So, you've basically uh, got a sort of big stack of funnels that you're developing by at building one business on top of a, mm. an existing business, which I think is quite sophisticated. I, not many people I've seen that, that are doing that. And I know one heck of a lot of people in the, in the space of, of e-commerce advising and, and consulting and SaaS, but you combine SaaS and consulting in a way that I'm yeah. not seeing that frequently. Yeah. So that's interesting. So what what yeah. made you think of doing that in the first place? Is it something you've seen other people doing? Was it just chance It sort of came up?
1: It was a, it was a chance and I guess, reflection, you know, we really like what we do. Kyle and I love the conversations with brand owners and and e-commerce sellers that the one-on-one coaching stuff. And it's just a blast, but it is not scalable. I mean, we have a finite amount of time weekly that we're dedicated to doing our one-on-one conversations. And so for the first three years, you know, at first you're like, how do I get one-on-one coaching clients? And that was the first hurdle. But after that, we were like, dang, we've got, we've got, we've got our, you know, pipeline filled in terms of conversations, we've out, we're run out of time. So then what you do, of course, naturally is you a- escalate your cost, y- your pricing. So, you you know, we doubled our pricing, then we've doubled it again. It's very expensive to have a conversation with us now, which uh, we're, we're grateful for or thankful for, but it's still not scalable. And so, you know, we kind of over the last year came to the realization that if we want to really scale this as a a business it's not going to be a consultancy there are some consultancies that you know get into the you know the the nine figure range or whatever but but you know that's uh that that's a, a tough road to hoe so so we did two things we started doing small groups mastermind groups and we had the opportunity serendipitously to buy the the software company from Danny and it's four software tools and they're all focused on Amazon selling you know function functionality and and so it we realized that it would give us sort of a funnel structure where we could have people who we work, we grow with over time they start e-commerce you know 101 or they start on arbitrage and we have a good time helping them we give them the tools and the training. And it is this, you know, software is a subscription service, a SaaS, you know, tool. And so there's there's power and energy in that by itself as a business model. But it also gives us the opportunity to be in conversation with people who might be in interested in being a small group or eventually coaching clients. So the you know, the software um, also unlocked the opportunity for us to say to ourselves, would we ever want to take venture funding? and go down the path of Silicon Valley style growth, you know, take angel money or seed money or whatever. And so we're, we're positioning ourselves to do that eventually, where we will scale. We think we're going to bootstrap in our current formation and continue to do that for a while, but we are entertaining the idea of eventually taking on investor money. And on the back of a SaaS tool, a subscription tool, there's a lot of logic there And, and investors in candidly just like that as an investment thesis. So there you have it. That's kind of the behind the scenes, what we're doing.
0: Very, very interesting. Uh, A couple of reflections. I I think first of all, yeah, theoretically you could uh, scale consultancy, but I think it's very hard to do because Mm. you're going to have to have a hiring policy then to make people who are good enough to be uh, coaches. I can only imagine from the many, many Amazon coaches that I know that in that very particular space that they're just going to go off and set their own thing up after 5 seconds. Right. So you're going to breeze yeah. your competition, right? And so I could see right. why if I were looking to invest in the business, which is always a hint for you as well, right you are looking mm-hmm. at it with two mm-hmm. led through two lenses. The operations side for you is it's it's more scalable to grow a community and let them grow with you so a certain mm-hmm. percentage of people will will transition from making mm-hmm. their first 10,000 to making, you know, the bigger mm-hmm. and bigger months. Yeah. And then the other thing is the scalability of SaaS as a sort of I guess is is that more like the sort of front end? How does the the subscription sort subscription sit in your sort of funnel mm-hmm. structure in your mind? We're positioning
1: that way. Hopefully, you know we're rebranding it, and we're in the midst of that. It's taken much longer and a lot more money than we expected, but it's all good. <laughs> and uh, so, but it's been it's been awesome. And so, yeah, it it lives out there on the App Store and the Google Play Store, and people find it organically. But then also we do our own, you know, marketing. Um, advertising email marketing etc cetera, etc cetera, events like this to find and encourage people to discover it so we it's both end, and it's kind of interesting because we have people who are users of the software who are in the challenge and they're they don't need help with the software because they already know it. Then we have people who join the challenge and they're like, what is this now? Well, what do I get a 30 day free trial to? And we have remedial training or, you know, entry level training for them to set up on the software and that kind of thing. And we give them a lengthy free trial. They can take it or leave it, try it out, see if they, they like it or not. And we talk openly about the alternatives uh, that are out there. And, and so once, and once you're in the industry, you kind of know that three or four tools that are yeah. available to you. And we're one of, one of those. So.
0: Yeah, that's nice. So, there's a nice synergy between the different parts of your business that you're sort of structuring. I'm very, very interested. I think it's very sophisticated work. So, talking more about the event itself, because you promised that that we'd reveal a few bit of dirt as as well as the (laughs) good stuff, that behind the scenes lessons learned and mistakes and how you've recovered, most importantly, how you've recovered from it. So, it sounds like it's generally a really positive event. I was part of your 30 day challenge. Mm -hmm. When the first question, by the way, I've just got to ask quickly, a 30-day challenge last time, five-day challenge this time. Why Why the difference?
1: <laughs> because 30 days is way too long.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, well, it might be. <laughs> that's what, what everybody was, said to so us. Obviously, just so looking back at the lessons learned from the 30-day challenge that you're implementing in the five-day challenge, would you say yeah. that's the biggest one?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the 30-day challenge was just uh, quite a... It was quite a journey. It's funny, I talked to Chris Green, our friend the other day, and he we mentioned this challenge five-day duration period. And he said, man, I saw you guys do that 30-day and I thought, you all are crazy. But so clearly we shifted uh, to a, a faster duration. Is it too fast? I don't know. But the training, the specific training that we're giving people, they you know are in the first five days, but then we'll have the Facebook group that they're a part of open to them for 30 days so so and that corresponds with the free trial of the software and so we just kind of front loading the specific training sessions and then you know they can and we're we're doing specific challenges every day and the challenges are fun and easy you know like take a picture in front of yourself uh, take a selfie in front of walmart or target or in front of the you know in front of your computer looking at the walmart or target or dollar store websites or whatever you know just little challenges like that to encourage people to take action Learn what we're talking about, jump in and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, that the duration thing is something we're we're experimenting with, certainly.
0: For what it's worth, I mean, because I was a participant in the 30-day challenge, I was checking out, you know, the other speakers. You have some very, very good people like Chris Green, I know, I've Mm -hmm. interviewed a couple of times for the podcast and with different business model each time. So he's a good business thinker Mm -hmm. and lots of fun and very, you know, well-known in the arbitrage community, obviously. Kind of, I believe, termed the term retail arbitrage, although they might Mm -hmm. say that before there's some trademark. I think it's fair. I mean, I think it's probably fair to say he kind of, let's just say he
1: popularized the concept of retail arbitrage, e-commerce retail arbitrage yeah
0: absolutely so yeah yeah, but what struck me was wow there's so much that interests me here and there were two or three specific things around the kindle (laughs) publishing model but it was kind of a bit overwhelming so for what it's worth i think cutting down the amount and and up in their sort of engagement seems like a smart learning for me um, yeah. personally and as somebody who's kind of bi-curious about various different business models you know and there's the mm-hmm. shiny objects syndrome thing yep. for me yep. sure yeah but t- tell me so let's plunge into the things that are working the things that you know lessons learned aka things that haven't worked quite as you planned what what would you say are the things there
1: well the biggest mistake i think there's t- two is kind of a, a big mistake and then the derivative outcome of the big mistake the big mistake was we we just called this the replans challenge, five-day, you know, the five-day replays challenge. Many people who went through our replays challenge in April, so we're, as we record this, it's September right now, but we, you know, the first one, the 30-day one was in April. I think a lot of people just said, well, that's a replay. I don't, I already did it. You know, I'm, I already participated, so I don't need to. So we immediately heard that from people like, oh, is this just the same stuff? As if to say, I'm not going to participate. And we were like, oh, my gosh, what did we just do? <laughs> Dang it. So so we spent literally 10 days emailing our list and talking to people about how this is unique and different and original and all new training and not the same exact thing. And But we realized that we did a kind of a branding faux pas there. We did it that way because that's what Russell Brunson does. And he's the expert on all things, you know, click funnels. <laughs> but, you know, he'll do the same thing like, you know, the, branding wise over and over every year. Well, we did it three months apart or four months apart, whatever it is. And uh, so that was the first sort of not resistance, but just confusion in the mind of our, our audiences. The second thing that I think was the derivative outcome of that was um, we we undersold or we didn't clarify with the new training, the new teaching, the new content. And we should have led with, we we were doing like five new things in five days. We could have picked any one of them and branded it on the whole thing on just that topic. Like, so for example, sourcing at the Dollar General stores, sourcing at Walgreens, sourcing at Target, sourcing at Walmart, any one of those could have been a challenge. We also threw in as a bonus, Danny's second edition revised and expanded book that could have been <laughs> That's a topic. So our lack of our, our branding mistake led to then a subsequent lack of focus mistake that, you know, it is what it is, but it just makes you, as you do these things, you realize, oh, dang, that could have been done a lot better. So that that was sort of the first kind of obvious mistakes we made.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, the, the common theme and heck of a lot of branding and marketing mistakes generally, I suppose, isn't it? It's, it's easy to pick up on in somebody else's business which is why yeah. you know you can't see the wood for your trees in your own business sometimes when you've got a coach and mm-hmm. just look at it from an outside That's perspective right. and i'm sure that if somebody brought this to you you would have said the same thing to them immediately because you're very very smart on this stuff but it's yeah. easier to do that i mean i guess. um it's you know i think that copying people who are successful is sometimes leads to the worst mistakes because you kind of pan you park your critical thinking a bit don't you And i'm not saying that's mm-hmm. necessarily what happened mm-hmm. here but Russell bruns is such a big name it seems like oh he walks on water so if we do the same we're going to do the same but of course there may be nuances yeah. like he's got hundreds of thousands of uses mm-hmm. so he can shun through the ones that didn't turn up last year right. and in your case, you've got a smaller community you wanted to get back engaged. So that's that's an interesting yeah. reflection. And then I guess the other thing is as you said, like you can almost pick one thing and that's what you sell. Right. And it's actually easier to sell one thing really well yes. than, than 10 different things that are unclear. And we've all done it. I, I do it all the time with my yeah. website, it's a mess. So yeah. I sympathize. I certainly know better, but it's it's always a good learning, right?
1: It is, and it's really a couple of psychological underpinnings there that are important for people to remember, and that is the the paradox of choice kicks in. If you give people two, three, four things to focus on, they will become paralyzed. and uh, the the cliche phrase that people always use is that a confused mind always says no and or go slow. And uh, th- that's true in any you know selling you know kind of situation. You just don't want to distract people with con- you, know, you don't want to confuse people. And so we we as marketers or entrepreneurial marketers tend to want to pile on, but wait, there's more, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. And and
0: that's
1: that's not wise frequently. So
0: There's, yeah. there's a really great, there's a good coach that I've worked with, Taki Moore. He's this mm-hmm. Australian, uh, delightfully, the completely opposite of you. He swears all the time and he's like very blunt in that Australian way, which you love or hate. But one of the things he says, there's a great Porsche a tagline from, I don't know, 90s or Porsche, whatever you call it in America, for speed, add lightness. In other words, what you strip down mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. enables people to go faster and feel better about it. So, in mm-hmm. it, there used to be that thing called the thud factor, wasn't it? When back in the day, you had information products so they thud on into your doorstep from the, mm-hmm. the the postman or the mailman, and it would have like fifteen different, you know, DVDs or yeah. even videos back in the day, and lots of books. And I guess there is something to be said for going the opposite way, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that's you. You want to give people the a, a simple yes. To something in their minds, and I guess to apply his concept to what we're talking about for speed, add lightness. So that means singularize your topic, and the speed of decision will be a very quick yes or a very quick no. Yeah. Do you want to learn about this? Yes or no? Yeah. And that's it's almost your copy. Be- that's like yeah. that's the copywriting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if price it's, is it's not priority. an issue, then yeah. then it's just about: Do you want to learn this? Yes or no?
0: So I mean, yeah. in a way, also, there can be an issue because I know that your, your challenge was just $5 to enter and you got the copy of the book and five-day mm-hmm. challenge. I mean, that almost sounds suspiciously why is it so cheap, you know, and, and you know, therefore, are they going to pitch me into buying timeshare in in, mm-hmm. uh, in the Cayman Islands or whatever the, the things that people have experienced over the decades. So, yeah, that's an yeah. interesting one as well, isn't it?
1: Well, the price point was another uh, decision that we may, upon reflection, think otherwise of in the future. Yeah, it was a five-day, $5 challenge. And why we did that was because we weren't sure we wanted to do a free challenge you know so having they call the penny gap in uh, economic terms which is if you charge free you get let's just say a hundred thousand people who do something but if you charge a penny you get like you know a thousand people (laughs) like it's just a drastic difference in terms of the uh, participation and engagement but the quality of the engaged audience if you charge a little bit of something is infinitely better and so it was sort of uh you know i mean other people call these things different same things but ryan dice calls it a tripwire you know pricing point so just enough to make people think like oh okay they're charging for this but you're right it's so low it's almost like uh What's the catch? And there honestly is no catch. People got yeah. five
0: dollars product. I, you. I mean, because I, I was writing to my email followers saying I've got to get this out. I mean, I know that Jason and yeah. Kyle are great guys and do really good training, and I saw the the last one pretty up close, so I thought this is going to be good. And I, even I was thinking when I was writing the emails about it, I'm like five dollars. I'm like, yeah, there's well, no I catch. I know these guys; they're not going to heavy sell you, but mm-hmm. I felt the need, rightly or wrongly, to say relax they're not going to try and sell you a timeshare apartment because people have experienced that a lot i guess in the past in this industry that's the problem isn't it
1: it is and actually that's you know kyle and i are honored to be able to you know we to to do good events and we feel like we're good at pulling them together in fact it was really cool we one of the, the first day's challenge was in this event was just turn on your camera do a live into the group and and tell us who you are where you're from and you know what you do type thing and so It was very flattering that one of the participants said, I participated in all three of Jason and Kyle's challenges this year, and they're always great. And, you know, so in a way, we, we, you know, we want to be known for being good educational content marketers and and really delivering, not having stuff just be, you know, just a a, a teaser or anything like that. So, yeah. So... but the but there's there's a believability price point too, and it probably would have been much wiser for us to charge ninety seven dollars or forty nine dollars or one ninety nine and just say what we were doing, and people would have said, "Oh, well, that's not that much money. This sounds amazing. I'm going to do it." But nonetheless, so here, here we are, and four hundred people did it. And just you know, as as you know, full disclosure, ClickFunnels as a tool has an upsell system, so we did have lifetime access. We have VIP groups, so people could choose those higher price point entry options, but they didn't have to. You know, And so that's how it works.
0: Hey, folks, thank you so much for listening to the e-commerce leader once again. So today we've been talking kind of meta. We've been talking about an event which is about e-commerce. And you may be in your mind dismissing this already if you're not in the information marketing space as irrelevant to you. I would urge you to do, as Jason says that we discussed later, that you consider whether this business model actually could work really, really well for you. It's going to depend on the type of products you have. But if you've got a product where there's a potential for people to sort of professionalize what they do, for example, home baking or something like that. Some people do it as a hobby. Some people actually try to turn it into a job or something like that. That has a lot in common. If you think about it with the type of person that Jason's been um, targeting along with Kyle Hamer, his business partner in there, the coaching business, that is getting into online arbitrage or retail arbitrage. Again, they don't have a business yet, but they're wanting to create one. I would argue that's a true sweet spot, but it's not limited to that. So this is a skill set that I think could serve a lot of people well that aren't just in the information marketing industry. That said, obviously for information marketing, this is a proven model now, and uh, Jason's done this for the third time. So I think there were some fascinating insights from today. I think one thing that strikes me is simply the model of being the host, but not being the expert, which has obviously worked very, very well. I mean, given that Jason's definitely not a retail arbitrage or even an Amazon person, really and by, by his nature and, and focus. Um, So, getting trusted guests in is obviously one clue as one way to do this. Buying a company with a ready made community also is a very interesting thing to me. I think it's actually thinking well outside the usual box, but it sort of starts to blur the lines between SaaS community and and other business models, which I argue could include physical products as well. And then the scalability question of whatever business you're in, how do you scale it? That's always a perennial question, one we've addressed quite a lot, not as frequently recently, but it's an important one to think about. So that plus the lessons learned, I think are some important lessons, some of which uh, apply to any type of business model, some of which would be specific to this challenge idea. But I would urge you not to dismiss things out of hand without considering whether if... Actually, nobody in your industry is doing it. Could it be a massive competitive advantage? And the only way you're going to really know is to be brave, as Jason and Kyle have put it out there. Uh, learn from your mistakes, and I really love that uh, statement that Jason said, which don't do anything once. I mean if you don't do things more than once, you're never going to get to hone your skill set and learn what works. For example, with Facebook ads, for them so far haven't been great, but by chipping away at it, you will you know, learn what works for you and your industry and your business. So I think a very interesting, rather different episode. I hope you agree. If you do, then don't forget to show us the love in one of two ways. You can either subscribe to the show, which means that you get this content delivered to you fresh, um, I think we've got four episodes a week coming out now, some in bite-sized chunks, some like this a bit longer. And then also uh, don't forget to leave us a review, if you would, uh, on the Apple podcast system. Just give us a rating. Even if you don't want to write anything about it, one, two, three, four or five stars, you could just give us a quick rating and take you 20 seconds. And we'd be enormously grateful for it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Veazey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.